Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast coming to you from a variety of different uh, measures of semi-lockdown. Um, so let's see who have we got. We've got uh, Jay Reid in, in Liverpool. Jay, how are you doing, sir? Back to work shortly? Because everything's, uh, safe, everything's, safe, yeah, everything's safe now. It's safe to go back to work. Oh, yeah, the UK's fine. Um, what, what, what coronavirus? What lockdown? Um, yeah, apparently we're back to work next week. Like, nothing happened. But uh, football's coming back, so it gives us something to talk about and some sense of normality and this madness that's going on all around the world. So at least we can talk for a good hour or so about something we all have in common and we all enjoy well that's it isn't it and it's these these it's the little things that that seem to that seem to matter more than ever now so you know it's hopefully it'll bring some some relief to a few people um and also i've got um i've got Beryl Akos out in the netherlands uh Beryl, how are you doing uh, i'm very well thank you how are you i'm fine thanks yes um Currently working on my um, blood alcohol levels, so um, <laughs> well, we'll, that, we'll that's something where, we we have in common as well. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So we'll see where we end up on both fronts. Um, and also out in uh, Berlin, I've got Chief Nate Patterson. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Nice to be on chatting again. It's been been a few weeks, so. Good to come back and actually be talking a little bit about uh, yeah the, the the current season and not not just doing a reminiscence show. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed. It's um, I think it's 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 safe to say now that that the season is going to be finished. And even if the season doesn't get quite finished, it, it we'd be fairly confident that if anything does go horrifically wrong, the Liverpool can certainly grab the points required. Um, to get them over the line for for a title win before anything untoward were to happen, if indeed it does. So, I think we can finally put that asterisk nonsense to bed, which is which is nice. Um, but it's 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 strange to be to be getting back to to be getting back to football again. Um, and it it all kicks off with the with the derby, which is very exciting, isn't it? That's all a bit mental, like, isn't it? Um, you know, going straight back in to to the derby. It's, it's really, really bad. Yeah, but I mean, what a way to start, of course. And um, you know, it's one that one that we well, some of us look forward to. Some of us actually dread, to be honest. Don't, some people just don't like derbies, but usually I look forward to it. Um, I think that's the Everton fans you're talking about. Well, I mean, I've, I have heard some reds even, but yeah, over the years, like with. Um, with our current dominance, um, certainly going back in the Premier League era, it's it's uh, it, yeah, it's not really a, a source of trepidation at all. But um, but yeah, it's going to be mad. It's going to be it's going to be mad just seeing it. I've been watching a bit of the Bundesliga here and there, not as much as uh, Jay and, and Beryl, but um, which we'll get into a bit later, I guess. But it it is weird. It is a weird situation, like watching uh, games with with no fans. I'm sure everyone's done it maybe at least once and it is odd um but yeah i'll be over the moon to, to kind of get it back on and, and get back into it and you know have your saturdays or your wednesdays punctuated by you know something that you expect to be there um which is which is nice so yeah it's good that they're um that they're bringing it back it seems that they've managed to get the conditions kind of right or they've had the blueprint to follow i guess in, in germany anyway and Seems to be working here okay. Um, so I it's going to be a bit nuts. I mean, it's it's away, isn't it? It's or no, it's a home derby. No, it's away. Oh, it's a away derby. I thought so. It's a, it's a Goodison derby. So in a way, it, it kind of suits us. It's behind closed doors, perhaps. Um, yeah, there's been a bit of sort of away team um, success in Germany with with the lack of lack of fans at the the home stadium, so um, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, it's just going to be mad to, and and very refreshing to have it back and to be you know watching Sadio and and you know Mo Salah and and Jordan Henderson and the lads back out there and you know try and kind of remember what it was all about because although it's only it's only been ten weeks or whatever eleven weeks or something it's it seems like forever it seems like a whole world ago so. Um, yeah, just looking forward to that, to be honest. 
Yeah, and Jada, you know, to the footballers, I'm sure it does seem like a lifetime. Um, because this has got to be the longest break that most of them have had in potentially, you know, three, maybe even four years. And um, in terms of the longevity of, of, of their careers, even even a short break like this to them, given their, you know, their, their standard workload is absolutely massive. Yeah, I think I, w- I was listening to somebody the other day and it's, it's four, three and a half years since, or four years since Mane, Salah and Firmino have all had that amount of time off because they've, at one point or another they've always been in international competitions, especially throughout the summers. Obviously, they were all involved in the World Cup a couple of years ago in Russia and stuff, but like obviously there's the Copper America and then the AFCON that runs through seasons and stuff like this. So, I mean, it's felt like a lifetime for us as fans, but for the players as well, I'm sure it has, and I'm, I'm sure we were all looking forward to the, the weekly Zoom um, videos that Liverpool were putting out when they were all doing yoga sessions and stuff like that, and they they were a good source of entertainment. That was a that was a clever move by the club just to you know keep a little bit of a connection with the fans and sort of let let them know that you know the players are going through this the same, and they they're sort of going through it the way we are, and we were socialising with friends and family through laptop screens and phone screens and stuff so that that was good to have but I think now that it's all been set and it, it is going to come back we know the date we know the time now pretty much it, I think it was I don't know if it's officially confirmed but it's been strongly confirmed by very reputable journalists in this evening's uh, social media platforms that the games are going to come back um, so that we all start on the Sunday of the first weekend of fixtures and there'll be a 7pm kickoff which is a an unusual kickoff time but I suppose that they're trying to maximise TV viewership and I mean those people in the UK you've got Sky it will be free to view I think if you've got a Sky package so that's quite a, a nice move by Sky Sports to be doing that um, but I think that the whole fixture list for the first three rounds of fixtures has been released and every single day there's a Premier League game which I mean, if we've we've been starved of football and now they're going to spoil us with football every day. I mean, some games you might not want to watch the likes of Burnley versus Brighton or something like that. But, you know, it, it, it's been that long, you might just actually tune in and watch them. Um, so it, it is good that we've we've got it back. And I'm sure, like, like everyone else here, is, is just hungry to see the lads in the red shirts and get them six points over the line. It, it could even be one at Goodison, which would be so bittersweet, especially for for myself living in the city and around like a lot of Evertonians but for that we need Arsenal to go to Man City and beat them or City to drop points I think in two games before we technically play at Goodison so we need a few favours which we probably won't get and then if that doesn't happen our next game is the Wednesday against Crystal Palace I think that's a quarter eight or an eight o'clock kickoff, and that's at Anfield so you know if it doesn't happen at Goodison, it'll happen at Anfield because that's that's the next best thing we could do, really, given the fans aren't there to win it at home, just in in their own surroundings. It'd be it'd be nice, but you know, we've just got to take what we've got at the moment. It's every every morsel that we can we can cling on to um, at the minute. Yeah. So and you know, Jay makes a good point there, Beryl, that that. The, the frequency of the games that we're going to see and we've kind of seen it in the Bundesliga after the first the first round of fixtures where there's there's games nearly every day every evening and it's 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 almost going to feel like a it's almost going to feel a little bit like an international tournament nearly yeah um, uh, I have to say I'm I'm not I'm not a fan of uh, of uh, I understand it because you know that uh, we have been starved. Of uh, of games uh, and at football in general, but uh, um, um, they have been starved of, of of the income that generates uh, that that is generated by you know uh, um, airing games and, and and us watching them. But um, uh, there there is something like uh, the, it's not only saying too much of a good thing, but. Uh, so yeah, uh, the, the Burnley Brighton game. I, I think I'm. I will try to pass it, but uh, knowing myself, I might even watch it because I, I have been. 
um, watching Bundesliga games more than I have uh, previously. I, I used to watch Bundesliga every now and then, but uh, but not, not as much as I'm doing now. So I have to admit that um, uh, I have been starved and and, and am in, you know very much uh, happy that that football is returning also in the, in the Premier League. But um, yeah, looking forward to it, and and especially of course uh, looking forward to to seeing uh, Liverpool play again, um, and. It would have been nice to to silence Goodison, but uh, you know it, it's <laughs> it's silenced uh, <laughs> by by other means uh, at this point. But um, what what I have observed in uh, um, in the Bundesliga games is that um, you know people people see that 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 there is no such thing as a home advantage at, at this at this point. But um, if you if you look at the individual games, it looks like uh, that um, teams that uh, overcame their deficit of, of, of technical ability and quality, general in general terms, by means of you know being more uh, physical or being uh, spurred on by their home crowd, uh, that uh, is uh, not possible without that home crowd. And what what I seem to Observe is that the more technical team, the more the team with more qualities, um, uh, have less um, difficulties winning away. So that's what 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 I seem to see. It's it's not only you know um, uh, there is no uh, home advantage anymore, but there's no home advantage for weak teams anymore. That's what I see, and and, and which which would mean. That games like uh, against Everton or uh, against Crystal Palace would be maybe even easier than than they would have been uh, with um, uh, with with the uh, the crowd. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, and and you know the numbers are there. The numbers are there for for everybody to see from, from the Bundesliga results and and. You know, I think I, I, I'm sure this isn't up to date because, as I said, there there literally are games. You know, every every evening at the moment. Um, but at one point it, it was four home wins to 18 away wins with with some draws thrown in there, and you know that seems like a, a bizarre, a bizarrely disproportionate number. Um, Chief, do, do you see in the context of the season within the Premier League any? specific teams that might really struggle with the introduction of, you know, behind closed doors games. And then also the frequency of the games, which some teams will be more familiar with than others playing, you know, two, you know, twice a week, three games, in 10 days, four games in 12 days sort of thing, where there are some teams which will just generally play, you know, weekly. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it naturally is going to tend to favour the bigger clubs, isn't it? Because they've got the a, they're used to playing, <clears throat> they're more used to playing um, three games a week anyway. What with European competition, they have bigger squads, of course. One of the things is that the the Premier League's announced that you can there's going to be five subs now instead of three, and nine subs on the bench instead of seven. Um, so that might, might help a little bit, but at the same time, that that's across the board. So it's not given given any kind of advantage to smaller teams. In terms of in terms of um, if teams that might struggle, I think Villa is probably a, a prime candidate. Like um, there, I mean, they're really in a relegation battle, aren't they? And you know, we played them at Villa Park, and we know at Villa Park they're a they're a handful, and uh, the crowd gets behind them. It's a proper stadium, and I think they'll be. They, I mean, I think they are one of the vocal ones who are disappointed. Were um, were very against the idea of neutral venues and stuff. And I think, I think I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think they're one of the clubs that's that's you know kind of against against relegation for this season. Um, so that someone like someone like them could suffer. I mean, we've mentioned Palace. Like, uh, yeah, maybe teams like Palace can be Newcastle. 
Well, we mentioned Palace a few times, but funny thing is, their home results aren't actually that good when you look That's at That's true. It's bizarre, isn't it? They're, they're a much better away team. Exactly. You sort of have this idea, because we've come on, we came on stuck there a few times a few years ago, that they're, and maybe under Pulis, they were very good at home, or certainly better at home. But under Hudson, their home results haven't been great. So I don't think it'll affect them too much. Um, but yeah, you know, teams that really have that identity with the fans, Newcastle might be one, although since James Park's been a toxic atmosphere for a long time because of Mike Ashley. Um, and, you know, the, so it could cut both ways, but, or it could cut either way. But um, what you have noticed, you alluded to, you, you uh, alluded to it there is that an empty home stadium is becoming has has been has been shown to be a bit of an albatross. Whereas you know a full pumping home stadium obviously gives the home team the advantage. Um, so yeah, it's going to be going to be interesting to see um, if any team does particularly struggle because of it or, or feels that they are struggling because of it. Yeah, it's also funny. what yeah yeah Sheffield United. Yeah, uh, that's a good just, one. Just where they are in the league, like. They're, they're doing well, aren't they? The seventh, maybe possibly Wolves, but maybe their European exploits might just have taught them to play with like an atmosphere hugely against them this season. But I think Sheffield United, out of the the ones who are near the top of the table, are the ones that might suffer the most. Because we spoke obviously pre-pod about Union Berlin and Germany, but. Um, they've sort of they we thought they were safe in the Bundesliga and now they're sort of getting sucked back in. I think Sheffield United possibly could be the the one near the top that might just sort of fade away into tenth or eleventh and you know they'd be happy with that pre uh, pre season to take that position. They would have bit your hand off at seventeenth, but where they are, I think they they were in the in with the shout and I think their home form has been pretty solid throughout. Yeah, it's funny Jay because. I, I I maybe take a different view on the likes of Wolves and Sheffield United because they they have very specific and coherent styles of football which are 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 very much their own. Um, you know the way they play, and I think the way they play is is as much down to their success as anything else. Um, I'd be looking at maybe teams like you know like. Maybe Burnley or, or, or as, as Chief called out there, um, Aston Villa. Aston Villa. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would agree with that. More. But it's 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 going to be really interesting to see what way it pans out. And the other thing there, Jay, is do you think there are, do you think there are teams at home that might actually benefit from their own crowd not being there? And I'm kind of thinking the likes of Arsenal. Arsenal. <laughs> Arsenal. You know, United. United and potentially Spurs. potentially Spurs, the way they haven't quite settled into that new environment yet, and their fans haven't quite settled. So, um, I That's don't know. Four years ago. Yeah. So, <laughs> do do you think that the, that could have almost like a, a positive impact for home sides potentially? It, it could do. Like, I mean, it, it would take the pressure off them teams in terms of they'd be allowed to play, and the only voices they're going to hear are their own and. The, and the managers and the coaches on the sidelines and I think for for the likes of you probably would highlight Arsenal as the weakest mentally in terms of the players and also the most fickle fan base that probably if it doesn't go right within the first half they are on their back a hundred percent and for them it, it could it could work out okay for it. I mean they might possibly scrape into sixth or seventh and, and steal one of them Europa League spots off Wolves or Sheffield United if it goes that way because they're only as it stands the three points off Wolves in sixth so it's, a, it's an argument for them there and I think that the, probably the most interesting part of the league as well as the bottom is going to be that race for if it does happen the Champions League will, will Leicester continue to play the way they do and hold on to that third position and then obviously they've got to fight for fourth if it if it does go to that, and at the moment it looks like a shootout between United and Chelsea, and I think for both clubs it's huge, especially in terms of financial revenue for them. If if the Champions League does go ahead next season in whatever format it might happen, but it would be interesting just to see how it works because I think we've we've all sort of had a little look at the Bundesliga and how it's panned out, and it's not really panned out how most thought it would. Yeah, it's no. a funny one. It's a funny one though because. 
we're 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 using the Bundesliga as a reference point, and rightly so, because it, it's it's the first league that's kicked off in earnest. However, when it comes to fan culture, and we've talked a lot about how you know the the key issue here, obviously, in behind closed doors games, is the fact that the, the support isn't there. But in Germany. The support for the home teams is fairly unanimously positive and it's fairly consistent. You know, if you go to one German home game to another, it's the atmosphere is it's uniquely theirs and it's uniquely positive and it's not necessarily transferable to what you will see in English football stadiums. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right on that. I mean German football fandom generally at the at the match, the the level of support doesn't gen, generally depend on what's going on on the pitch. It's it's constant. Of course, there are ups and downs, but it's not reactive in the same way that we we watch the game in in the UK in the Premier League, especially. And it's interesting. Like I mean, I I was kind of thinking more of, of teams at the bottom whenever you asked me the question. So I thought of Villa and um and and Palace and and so on. But the Leicester one's interesting. I think. Because um, they're they're very very strong at home. Um, you know they've they've got a really good home support as well, and they're um, they're they're a bit of a m- momentum team, I would say. Perhaps a moments team. I mean they have the, a style of playing, but you know they depend on sort of getting behind, and then you know Rogers likes to to capitalise on momentum, and and you know that's why we saw the nine 0 was that with, with Southampton, you know keep going, keep going, keep going, that that sort of thing. So that. That could be interesting in terms of um, like negative home support. Like, um, yeah, Arsenal is is the one that sticks out there. Probably, you look at Burnley. Burnley, Burnley could. I mean, Burnley's away form is notoriously shocking. So, if their home form suffers off the back of this, they they could see themselves in in trouble, I suppose. But I mean, if you look at you look at the points like they look relatively safe up there, don't they? I mean, it, it's it's much more gonna, it's probably going to be much more interesting. What does happen in that fight for kind of third, fourth, fifth? Chelsea as well could be interesting because their home support's been a bit dodgy, hasn't it? Because of the, the 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 kids basically, and you know they had a few they've had a few problems winning at home and, and closing games out at home. So that it might actually help them being such a young team. It might kind of um, take a bit of the pressure off. So that could be interesting. Yeah, um, and the proof will be in the pudding. But but as I say, I I think that the effect on the effect that fans have on on football matches and and teams, depending on whether it's home or away, etc. I think it I think it's unique to each country and it's country's fan culture as to how that will play out yeah I mean I think it's a European thing personally I obviously I'm only speaking from experience of of going to Anfield and Champions League nights but the majority of teams that come to Anfield I know away fans are a lot more so how would you put like just more passionate maybe than than a whole stadium that you could take as a as a consensus of that fan base, but away European fans just tend to be noisy for the whole 90 minutes. And there's been teams that come to Anfield and it might just be the, like, I'll be like yeah, Salzburg come this season and they were noisy for the whole 90. They might not come to Anfield again for 15, 20 years. They might not come again at all. You, you don't know. They've not been before. And it was just enjoy the occasion because it's a huge, European stadium to go to but the majority of European clubs that do come to Manfield their fans just tend to be noisy for 90 minutes regardless of the result regardless of how the team's playing and I think that's that's an, an English thing against the European fan culture that we're a lot more judgmental as a nation and as people and we're a lot more a, um, emotionally not as involved as the passionate side of football it's more, more it's got to be win or lose it doesn't have to be the occasion and if something doesn't go right we there is moans and groans and I think maybe that that's just a difference in English people to 
to European. I don't know. It could just be my perception of it. Uh, I think it is. Uh, as a European, <laughs> I, I, I always thought, you know, um, Great Britain and Ireland are, are part of Europe. But I, I, I've, I've noticed uh, in, in recent years that, that um, the people from the Isles make this distinction. But um, when you speak of European, it's, it's probably, you know, it, it, there are differences between Northern Europe and Western Europe and, and Eastern Europe and, and, and Southern Europe. Uh, but there are also differences between clubs, I think. Uh, I, you know, just as you uh, rightly said, uh, everybody said it uh, probably, Arsenal is probably the team that would, would benefit from not being pressured by their um, over-critical uh, crowd. And there are clubs like that in, in, in the Netherlands. Um, there is a different. I, I live in in the east of uh, of uh, the Netherlands, in the and you know in the middle, and then in the east. And there are two clubs here in in the uh, they are FC Twente, which uh, was uh, champ, which were champions in 2010 uh, under uh, Steve Van McLaren. Uh, yep, the 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 umbrella man. Uh, yeah. Uh, his 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 uh, claim to fame, but uh, uh, there is another club just ten to fifteen kilometers away, and and they see very large differences between them. And and th- there is such a thing as 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 club culture. And uh, and you know if if any team has the luck to go to 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 Anfield and uh, and. You know, there is a limited amount of, of tickets. Uh, it's probably the, the most uh, fan- fanatical, the most uh, seasoned um, fans that that get to go there, and and you know, I, it's it's always a, a joy to have. You know, uh, I, I I didn't enjoy the result of the Atletico uh, Madrid game at Anfield, but I I, I enjoyed what the crowd did, uh, including the people from Madrid. But that, that, yeah, I, I think there are just differences between clubs and, and, uh, and it's, it's, it's not so much a, a team. You know, the, the, there are differences within the Netherlands. There are differences between uh, clubs within the Netherlands. There are differences between the clubs in Germany. And uh, I don't think it's, it's, it's a country thing or a, a continent thing. There's a yeah. difference between us and Everton. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, oh, there's, exactly. There's, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, there's a and there's a case in point. So you know, it's it's as I say, we'll see how it plays out, and we'll and we'll see if it does have an impact. And I'm sure it will. It, it'll just be interesting to see how our how our um I suppose our perceptions of what we think will happen have been coloured by uh, you know a very very different. A very very different league, a very very different country, and a very very different culture. Um, and we can only assume that it'll play out the same because there's no other example. But but we just don't know. Um, I mean, just one wee thing, like because we haven't touched on it, and I suppose we should since we've talked about it. Do you think it'll affect us? I mean, obviously we're a momentum team. Obviously we thrive off the crowd. You know, the intensity, all that kind of stuff. Do you think it's a good? It's a good question, Chief, and I think that. I think more so than any other team, I expect us to prepare better than any other team for playing in this environment. And, you know, Jake touched on a pre-pod about the, you know, we're already having practice matches 11 v 11 in and empty Anfield to try and get ourselves prepared for that sort of environment. Um, but I would suggest that our, I think it's interesting to look at a club's away form here. Um, our away form has been has been fantastic um, over a long period of time, and I can only hope that that points to some sort of is some sort of indicator on how we'll perform um, under these circumstances. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I I could go along with that. I mean, when you say that you expect us to be the, the best prepared, I I do as well. <laughs> I'm sure. They've been working on this scenario for you know as long as they've been allowed to work on it, and I'm sure man, the manager's been mentally preparing for it himself for for much longer. Um, so yeah, I mean, but but yeah, I mean, that's one thing. I I, I don't know. It, it it could be 
it could have a, an impact, obviously, because of you know what, what I said in, in terms of you know momentum, in terms of intensity. Maybe we'll see us drop off, see ourselves drop drop off a little bit. Who knows? But, yeah, I think. I think we're we're lucky in the situation that we're in, where we need a very minimal, yeah. and we need a very small percentage of the points remaining in order to get where we want to get to. So yeah, even if not yeah, edge, like exactly. So even if things go horribly wrong, because I think it would be fair to say that an empty stadium would affect us more than it would affect, say, Manchester City, for example. You'd imagine the good empty had anyway. I think though, if you look historically, I think it will it'll play to our benefit because if you if you just look over the, the small like timeline of say two or three seasons of where we've been really, really good, the games we've struggled in have been away from home in really intense, ferocious atmospheres. And I'm referring to likes of when we went to Napoli, Belgrade. Old Trafford uh, even where we struggle. Even in the um, in away at Atletico. Like we've we seem to have not not got ourselves set and comfortable because we seem to have been slightly maybe intimidated or bothered by what's going on off the pitch and I mean we've lost two league games in two seasons away from home that's it and that yeah. was at the Etihad and that was the the fluke result at Watford which which nothing went right for us that day but other than that like our 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 whole like three or four years of real success. The only time we've really, really struggled has been away in intense atmosphere. So I think it actually it might benefit us even more because we're we're comfortable in in what we do. And as Klopp's always said, that the leaders on the pitch figure it out for themselves. Yeah, and the other thing Jay, is that you know Anfield's London is this wonderful atmosphere to go and play football. But you know there's been times over the years where atmosphere, the atmosphere it's a lively. Anfield, it, yeah, it, it, it hasn't it hasn't been great and. and that can have a detrimental effect, and you know, it's 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 celebrated and rightly so. But we get sometimes we sometimes forget that it's not that for ninety minutes, and it's rarely that for no, ninety minutes. No, 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 no. It's it. I would say you can probably count on one hand the 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 good atmosphere you should get in a season. Yeah, and you know the games, and you can nail them beforehand, and um, and again, it depends on the kickoff time. It depends on it depends on who you're playing. Is it a European game, whatever? But it's not to say that we're going to struggle because we're not going to have the drums beating constantly for ninety minutes, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and the, and the yellow wall and songs being sung, you know relentlessly for the, the duration of the match because that isn't the reality of the situation inside the ground no I, I, I think that we'll be I fine can, sorry sorry I, I think we'll be fine yeah yeah, that, that's what I think uh, uh, I think uh, we would be self-stereotyping if you think that we are a team that, that, that's only been driven by um, how our crowd makes us reach heights that we wouldn't normally reach it, you know, there are there are teams that are that are overcompensating, that are compensating their their weaknesses by by means of the of the crowd. But and maybe in we, we have been such a side, but not but not at this time. I think if if anything, I think we would we might prove at this point that that we are a very 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 good team, uh, even without the the famous atmosphere. Uh, I, I think we're that good and. Uh, I think th- th- this might benefit us. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, there are points where the atmosphere is required, and we can we can all point to the games. We can we can point to City at home um, in the Champions Barcelona. League. We can point to Barcelona. Um, we can we can point to even the likes of you know horrible horrible games against United at home, and even the Derby. You know, different different games like this where that little extra push is what makes the difference, but it's not. It's not something that the team are reliant on for the majority of the games. It's a very small percentage of games where I feel the fans are necessary in order to make a difference. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. Exactly. I, I, I can, I can, I. That's logical, and I, I agree with basically everything, everything you said. And it could cut either way. We, we could, we could, it could benefit us, but it is going to be weird. I mean. 
you can guarantee none of them have walked out of that field and played um, a competitive Premier League match and not heard you'll, you'll never walk alone be sung before the game, not seen the flags, not had this, you know, all, all, the, all the things that, that go with it. So it is going to be odd. There's no doubt. And it's just going to be interesting to see that uh, on match day, whether it does have any kind of tangible effect uh, or whether they'll just be able to cope with it, no bother. Personally, you know, I think they probably will be able to cope with it, but there is a maybe a tiny percentage of me that thinks, you know, it, it, it could have an effect. Yeah. Um, so just bringing us along a little bit. Um, there's one there's one thing that nobody seems to have mentioned, like in early, anything that I've listened to, and I've listened to a fair amount of different bits and pieces, but um, I don't know whether you've noticed, but Minamino, who everyone has forgotten about, um, ha- has played practice games as part of the front three, left-hand side, I think. Um, and I, I would wonder if it comes from a player's perspective, is is he a player, do you think, Burrell, that may be affected less by this weirdness because he's in a new environment and it's not something that he's really got to grips with yet and actually this could settle him a little bit because he hasn't looked particularly comfortable, confident maybe just not quite settled in his own skin at the club Yeah, I I seem to notice uh, that uh, even in these Zoom sessions that uh, Jay mentioned um, uh, he, he seems to be um yeah n- not not confident um self monitoring it's 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 uh, it's what we call it in in social psychology you know it's someone who is very conscious of uh how he comes across other people and uh and um Japanese people seem to have this more than other people um because they're of the wa- culture watching. yeah he's watching himself as as we would say from here yeah Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and this is interpretation, of course, you know, from a a, a tiny uh, Zoom window, uh, as as much of us have have experienced uh, in the last months. But uh, he he seems to be someone who is very introverted and and shy, um, you know, um, coming from our cultural window and, and, and generally uh, new players have uh, tended to, you know, uh, have needed uh, need some time to to get accustomed to not only a new country and a new club, but also uh, a very specific um, tactical approach, which um, um, which which demands a, a lot from players. And and he, he came from uh, RB Salzburg, which has his own specific. And very, um, um, you know, uh, they they play football a different way from other people, uh, other teams as well. But uh, he he was, and my my observation was that they, that he was still getting to grips with the, with the the physicality of of and speed in which Premier League football is is, is being played. Uh, uh, I don't know if he has bulked up in in, in the uh, in 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 the months that uh, we couldn't play football or um, do other things. But I, I watched these these training sessions that uh, were released, and uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen a difference. I have to say, and I hope he is getting to grips. But I, I think in general, you know, uh, getting accustomed to a new group is. Is is best facilitated by you know being together with that group. So if anything, this might have hampered him a bit. Uh, I, I'm afraid, but you know I hope he's getting to grips. He is getting to know what 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 is demanded of him to to play in the in the positions that he has been tried out in. But um, I, I still don't know which position. Uh, is best for him. Um, w- when we transferred him, I was very enthusiastic, and I still am, um, because uh, in the games that he played against us, 
in the in the Champions League. I, I was very impressed. He he was very good. But so I, I'm I'm still hopeful that he will be very good for us. But he he's, he probably needs to discover uh, how he can best serve or how he can best um, you know find his his best spot in the team. Uh, and and I, I've heard that they are that they want to try him probably as a number eight, you know, in the uh, Wijnaldum and Henderson role. And uh, I, I, I have, uh, I have a hard time imagining that, but you know, what do I know? But that's what Jeffrey Marsh was saying. He's his former uh, uh, manager at RB Salzburg. But yeah, um, I'm not, I'm not sure if, the, if this has helped him. I, I don't think this helps anyone, but uh yeah, uh, I'm keeping my hopes up. He's he's been with us for it was in January, so five six months. So it's it's a short period. Any any uh, for in any measure. Yeah, um, and Chief Melanie knows one, but with the the frequency that we expect of the games, you know, you do expect probably a fair amount. Oh, do you know what I say? That's right. We expect a fair amount of squad rotation, blah, blah, blah. But, I don't know, will we get it? It's it's funny because we went through a period where, you know, at the, at the start of the season, a couple of years ago, we saw a lot of rotation. Uh, and then the next season, we didn't. Um, and then when it got to that, that frantic winter period, we saw a lot of rotation. Um, <laughs> and it... It, this kind of this kind of represents both of those periods like combined. For me, I think I think it'll depend. I think you will see rotation because the uh, one of the big takeaways from the Bundesliga so far has been the muscle injuries, um, with you know players coming back not really fully fit, fully matched it. So I think you will see a bit of rotation. I think it'll also you'll see a lot more rotation if we manage to get the. You know, we need two wins. So if we win our first two games and the rest of the games are, are you know, um, preparation for next season, seeing, uh, you know, Navi Kaida's back fit, for example, you might might expect to see him feature. Minamino, you've mentioned, be good to see him play a few games. Anyway, it'd be great to see him play a few games with the pressure off, you know, and, and, and start to assimilate, as as Beryl mentioned there. You know, this won't probably have really been done his settling in much good um, as, as regards be, becoming part of, of the team kind of clique or, or group. So, um, so yeah, I think there are certainly options for rotation. I, I don't know. I mean, if, if we, if we stutter and stumble and, you know, somehow are affected by this or whatever and, and lose a few games, the first three games or something, I don't see us having much rotation. You know, it'll be, it'll be all hands to the pump. But you know, if we pick up if, if we pick up well and things go as they have been or as they had been going for the rest of the season, then I think there's scope for quite a quite a bit of rotation, like or or certainly those players that you expect to be part of the first team picture next season, getting some pitch time. Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll look. We'll see. We'll see, and it's exciting. We're we're going to see some football. We're going to see the Reds. We're 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 almost certainly going to see the, the Premier League lifted. Um, and you know, it's strange that it's happening now, Jay, because it's what what date today? Like the fourth of June or something? Yeah. The fourth yeah. of June. This like this should be the start of silly season. You know, this should be the start of the the the. The back page is being filled with ridiculous transfer rumours and all kinds of... Like, what's that? Should have had our parade by now. Yeah, 100%. You know, um, you know, it's, it's such and such as like this player's post on Instagram or some nonsense shit like that. But... but, but <laughs> Sal, Sal Nickers. Have you seen him? But oh, God, I know. <laughs> I know. He's going to a new club. Oh, he must have been really bored over lockdown. He created an uh, entire the, football team. I would have loved him to just pull out a new golf club. Oh, <laughs> just, oh, just, oh, just, just so happy. He had the whole United fan base on strings for four days. 
Oh, it was it was very very funny. It was it was it was much better than Griezmann. So I'm going to send for I'm going to send you contact. Oh, it's, yeah, it's just going to stay where I am. Um, but yeah, um, but the the name that's been on everybody's lips everybody's lips for probably 18 months now um, is Timo Werner, and everybody was convinced that Timo Werner's coming to Liverpool, and everybody was turning on to watch RB Leipzig because Timo Werner is going to be playing for Liverpool next season, and Timo Werner looks like he's going to be playing for Chelsea next season. So what do you make of that? Surprised, if I'm honest. Um, I thought it was nailed on, personally. I thought it, it that was the most obvious transfer of the summer. It went, or the, the transfer window, whenever that may be, whether it happens in the summertime or not. Excuse me. Um, but, yeah, it, it it's come out a bit of, you could say it's come a bit left field, but then there has been a few journalists and, Reputable or not, however you believe that, it's up to yourself. But um, I think James Pierce has said a few times, and he's quite closely linked to the club, take his information on how much you want to believe it or not again. Um, he has said a few weeks back that he wasn't coming to Liverpool. And you would guess maybe he had a bit of an inside track on it. And I always stand by until... Any Liverpool transfer news is published by Paul Joyce because he is the the voice of truth in terms of any Liverpool transfer. I don't believe anything, but all all yeah, Joyce Joyce doesn't date anything, but does he? No, all roads seem to be suggesting that you know Werner was nailed on for Liverpool next season. And there was the odd rumor with United and Chelsea, but yeah, it seems like he's he's off to Chelsea now. Where that could be down to. A multitude of things. Some saying it's finances that Liverpool aren't willing to stump up the transfer fee that Leipzig wants all in one lump sum payment. But then we've dealt with Leipzig before with Naby Keita and we've done a deal for that, so you don't know. Um, other people saying it was the wage demands. You know, he's rumoured to be going on to Chelsea for two hundred grand a week. Fair play if you can get two hundred grand a week, mate. Off you go. But Liverpool don't pay that sort of money. Even for the very, very top players, they get they come in and then they earn that money. So if that's what he was asking for, then you know maybe that's why we've walked away. Um, it could be a starting position. He's going to go to Chelsea, and I would say he's going to walk into the starting eleven where at Liverpool he wouldn't have. So again, maybe he's personally chose that. What's going to be best for his career? Is he going to stall at Liverpool for half a season to a season where he's got to? work his way in or go to Chelsea and be straight in the first 11 um, it could also be possibly that this is one theory I've come up with over the past few hours that my friends talking is he might not be the glamour signing that Nike wants and we know Nike have pushed our deal well we've sort of re- agreed with Nike to push our kit launch back to the 1st of August when the season should be tied up and wrapped up and New balances out the back door, and Nike is then shiny and all guns blazing. First of August, that we want to go with a huge name, possibly because we've we've got a new deal, and that'll just pump a load of money into shirt sales, and that could fund that deal straight away. I don't know. That's just another theory I've come up with. So you've heard it here first, in Bappe twenty twenty. I didn't say that. I was, <laughs> but I will take him if he's available. But yeah, I mean that, that. I mean, for what you like, go on, go on Twitter tonight, and it's just toxic. Some of the people out there, like the FSG houses, have been sat on their hands for the best part of two years, or well, they've been sat on their hands for nearly twelve months now because last summer. Oh, they're delighted. They've been so. They've been. They've been more oh. bored than anybody else during lockdown. They're absolutely ecstatic. They they're out there with the pitchforks and the flames in the air, and that's it now. John Envy blood is boiled and whatever but you know it, what will be will be and you know we are with the biggest club in England at the moment we're arguably the biggest club in the world we're, we're on a series of dominance and I only think that we, we should be striking while the iron's hot and we've sort of we've just tapered along for the last two three transfer windows we've, we've brought a couple in I mean like we, you spoke on Minamino he just sort of come in January no fuss and he, he's, he's sort of bedded in slowly and we, we might start to see the best of him next season he is someone who probably is a front free option um, we 
we are probably going to go big on someone, I think, this year. And all, all signs seem to say we're going to be Werner for, for, what, 45, 50 million. We, we might be just sat there with a lot of money ready to go on someone bigger. And then I'm not saying Mbappe, I'm not saying Sancho or Havertz, but, you know, they're the names that is on everyone's lips. We could go big for one of them, or we could just do what we've done in the past and we could just go and sign a player that Klopp thinks fits the whole system and fits our team better than the biggest name that's out there available, or not. Yeah, um, it's it, it's a really it's a really strange one, Pearl. It, it reminds me a little bit of, well, for me certainly the the Pepe did last summer, where where I was just convinced that that Pepe was was going to go to Liverpool because he just completely fit the model. Um, he ticked every single box in a, in a player that we would that we would normally sign, and um, it didn't happen. But the thing with regards to that scenario was we were actually as a club very vocal and coming out and saying we're not interested. So what do you think this is down? Do you think that, that there has been a change here? Do you think that we were interested in, and this is down to something potentially financial or or otherwise? Um, yeah, financial, I, I, I guess, because, you know, uh, everything pointed towards us being interested. And I think, uh, you know, uh, and there were uh, rumors, maybe even reports that uh, uh, Klopp had had a, had had a, 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 a virtual meeting with, uh, with, with, with Verna. And, you know, uh, and I don't want to sound like uh, someone who is uh, finding his, his grapes sour after he couldn't, couldn't reach for them. But uh, yeah, I, I wasn't that keen on him, especially. He's very quick and and he is uh, nimble and he scores a lot of goals, but he, he didn't seem to be a player for me that makes things happen um, uh, when, when things don't happen for the team. But uh, I have to admit as well that I thought that Sadio Mane was a very good player, but uh, he wasn't worth the money we paid for him. And, you know, <laughs> I was very wrong there. But yeah, if, weren't we all? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. But, you know, I was wrong there. I, I thought it was too much money at that point. But uh, but if you if you consider that uh, Timo Werner is, is right-footed, and he isn't uh, uh, the player that would, you know, play in the, the Firmino position, then he would be the understudy of Sadio Mane because he isn't as good as Sadio Mane. He's younger than Sadio Mane, but he isn't as good as him. So he would be his understudy. W- would you pay uh, £200,000 a week? Um, uh, and, and another sum that I heard was on 140000 but that uh, amounts to... 12 million euro a year, which is, I believe, the sum that uh, Firmino and, and uh, Salah approximately uh, earn at Liverpool. And, and, and if he would be understudy, an understudy, then, you know, that, that would be too much. So I think it would be a financial um, um, decision not to pay the money that is in his fixed uh, transfer. Uh, what was it? Fifty-five? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure, but fifty million is is a reported. Fifty million euro, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, well, you know, it, uh, this isn't the the figure that was reported before. It was sixty million reported before, and it would go down to thirty-six million, something like that. Uh, next year, but you know, apparently the player doesn't want to wait, and he has waited for a year. Is, is something I've heard today, which, which is true because you know we could have got him for 25 million last year because he, he his uh, transfer, uh, uh, pardon me, his 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 contract was, was expiring last year. So, and we didn't get him that. We didn't get anyone last year. So I think uh, our um, you know scouting team or what you know you might call it a transfer uh, committee uh edwards 
is probably uh, the you know the name you could could pin on that uh, isn't convinced that the the amount of money that you would need to um, uh, spend on this transfer at this point is is a responsible um, something you could 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 say is is a responsible outlay at this point, and uh, I'm not sure if that's the right choice. They they have probably better data on that than I have at, at this point. Uh, I'm I was surprised, just as Jay said, I was surprised that uh, that this happened because the player was 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 practically saying, "Get me Liverpool. I want to go <laughs> to Liverpool." Um, so. Chelsea is probably his his second choice, but you know he can go there. I, you know, if, if you think at uh, 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 where he's going, they have Pulisic at the same position probably. They have Tammy Abraham. Uh, you know, if he would want to play at the at the nine position, you know, centre forward. If he wanted wanted to play at the other side, they have still have. Um, Willian, but but his, his oh, the Williams, the Pedro, the Williams, the Hudson, yeah, but the Hudson you know, Adoy. The, those are getting older, but you know they have the Hudson Adoy, yeah, and and they also have Ziyech coming in. Oh, that's yeah, right. from yeah. Uh, from Ajax, uh, who, yeah. who also likes to play on on uh, you know uh, at the ten position or at the uh, the Salah position. So uh, I'm I'm not sure what, what what they are trying to do. So I can only that, imagine that, that, for them that he care. would be he would be their nine he would be their he would be their their Tommy Abraham alternative as to Giroud currently is. Um, yeah, but you know Tommy Abraham is is a tall, strong player, and uh, so is Giroud, and that's not what Werner is. <laughs> yeah, so nine than Werner, I would say like. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's the varying styles, but we don't know. And like I say, the 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 deal, the deal isn't done yet. Um, this is this is this is all all uh, still speculation. It yeah. does seem done, but I think we've we've seen stranger things happen. Um, Chief, sure. Chief, Chief, just there, there's one thing just before we wrap up that I wanted to ask you, and is this decision is this this is this a pandemic decision? What I mean by that is. Has what has happened in in the climate and the obvious global economic impacts that the coronavirus has had potentially just drastically changed our transfer strategy? And have we just decided that this is not the route that we're going to be able to go now? We're not going to be able to sign a Werner under the current model because it's no secret that you know, we can talk about we can talk about it as much as we want, but you know, last season after after winning the Champions League, we paid more wages than anyone in in the Premier League, even Manchester City, with regards to the bonuses that we've paid. And you'd expect that there's going to be a similar outlay this year because the the Premier League's going to be won. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm not necessarily convinced by that argument, but I doubt it's sort of along the same lines. I think it's just something that we've seen before. If you're looking at um, at what the, the suggested or the proposed deal is from Chelsea, we've mentioned it already, 200 grand a week, five-year contract. I believe the release clause is actually 54 million pounds, according to the thing I've just read. But, you know, so again, that's a bit more expensive than 50 million euros. It's, you know, 60 million euros, I suppose. Um, but I don't think that, I, I don't think the 60 mil would, 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 would prove to be an issue unless Leipzig were for some reason demanded up front, which would seem bizarre given our history with them. But perhaps we're not keen and we haven't been keen to bring a, a player in on more wages or more, on a higher basic wage than what we're paying our, our current stars. Um, you know, we, we've talked about it before, but we're very much into incentive-based contracts. And if Werner... You know, we mentioned earlier, if he's maybe been advised by his agent, you know, this is the time. You don't know what the future holds for football. Don't know what the future holds for the world. If you can get yourself a, a big contract, you know, with a big club, just just take it. And it, maybe that's, that's the best offer. Maybe it's something along the lines of, um, of we, you know, as, as Jay suggested, we've decided we've got bigger fish to fry if we, we are going to spend money 
we're going to make it a you know a real kind of game changer for want of a better phrase. But at the same or at the same time, maybe we just we we just decided to look elsewhere um, because like Jay it, and like Beryl, I thought it was absolutely nailed on. It seemed seemed a total no brainer. All the reports in Germany all year were that he'd chosen Liverpool, that he wanted to go to Liverpool, especially after Bayern Munich interest went away. Um, so yeah, I, I am surprised by it, but given yeah, given the, the the two team situation, I would say Werner would, given the choice, would prefer to go to Liverpool and probably should prefer to go to Liverpool. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased, but um, it seems a bit a bit like you know um, the real kind of um, dream destination ended up getting a, a bit of cold feet in the end and and he's plumped for for Chelsea it, it'll be a, a good contract but you rightly say they've got they've got Abraham they've got Giroud well he's not not really in favor although they had the, they've been called on him recently um but Ziyech coming in Hudson Adoy there you know they've, they've got a lot going on put it like that and it's never never a very stable environment at the best of times so it would seem that yeah, it's second best for for Werner. But as you rightly say, it's it's not one hundred percent done yet. So we'll we'll see how it pans out. But yeah, I just I just wonder, I just wonder how much how much projected cash flow has been wrapped up in in the night deal because we know that the club asked for a deal and got a deal that was based more on percentage of merchandise sold and I just wonder what the situ the, the, I just wonder what the global pandemic has done to that model um given what the economic impact's gonna have and, and the obvious knock on effect that that'll have to the club. But but shirts will still sell online. Like Shirts know, will I, sell, but not as, many, not as many people will buy those shirts. Not as many people will buy the mugs and whatever yeah, else. Yeah, you, you, you're going to lose that. But, I mean, like, is, is the deal purely on Nike merchandise, as in football shirts and training gear? As in, like, as you say, like the mugs, calendars and picture frames and stuff like that. That's all Liverpool's own branded stuff. Like, that. that's what they pump out themselves. But... Is the Nike deal purely based on like clothing gear? And if it like for me, if it if it is the shirt, if if, if you do sign, say, say I'll just throw an there, Sancho, who is a Nike athlete as as it's been rumored, um, that they want a glamorous signing. If you sign a player such as his status, the online sales will will still go up because the club sale the club shop isn't overly available to, to your on-site daily match-goer uh, who comes in and buys a lot of merchandise. But they'll still sell a lot more if you add a big global name such as a Sancho. And if it is a Nike athlete and then you plaster his face all over the world and he's the new face of English football, then that could just be something that they're looking into. I don't I don't know. I'm just purely speculating. But yeah. I think it, 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 it could be that the money for Nike isn't released until it starts selling shirts and that's when we start making money and if, it, if it's going to be an athlete who works for them in, in terms and, you know, if it is someone who's, who's going to sell a lot of shirts, then that could be the, the fee where we say, right, well, if if the fee for Sancho is ninety five million, again a fee I'm just throwing out there. I don't know. I don't know anything. But you start selling X amounts of shirts straight away, then then that fee starts paying for itself, doesn't it? And I mean, I imagine a player of him his his age comes in on a on a lesser contract than what Wayne is, because Wayne is what twenty four now, and Sancho's twenty nineteen twenty something like that. So. You could argue the fact that right, well, you come in on ninety grand, which is probably a lot more than what he's on in Dortmund. In two years' time, if you hit X, Y, and Z targets, we'll bump you up to 150, 180 grand. Because that's what we've done with Van Dijk, Allison, Mane, Firmino, Salah. They've all incentive yeah. contracts. The, the question there is, is is further down the line. Will we will we be able to do that? What what does what is the economic impact on what a hundred and 
what £180,000 a week is now to what £180,000 a week is before this pandemic hit. Because, yeah, if you might only drop 25% of shirt sales, but how many million pounds is that that the club aren't going to aren't gonna get anymore? Because if unemployment goes up, you know, 15, 20%, then you're, you're, you're going to sell a whole lot of less shit, mate, you know? So you you I, I are, just, but I think the, the shirts will always sell. Like, I mean, Liverpool is not a it's not a rich city. It, we you know that yourself. Like it's it's not a city that's got a lot of money and there's a lot of unemployment and a, like a lot of poverty. But as soon as that shirts go on sale, Liverpool or whatever, and as soon as them kits go on sale, the kids around the city are covered in them. So like that's just that's just a small microcosm of the what the the, the fan base is. But they they'll always find a way and. I, I can only speak from experience. I was growing up as a kid and I I didn't I didn't come from a hugely like benefit of background like but when the kit come out, my birthday happens to be the end of July. So I always got the new kit for my birthday all the way through my childhood and I that was it. I might have got one kit a year, but it would always be the red kit and some people might be able to afford to buy others, but the kids around the city, whenever they come out, they, they are covered in the kits. And I think the, no matter what happens with the economy, they'll always find a way to put that shirt on the kids' back, I think. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right. Um, whether the modelling tells them that or not, I don't know. Um, but like I say, it's, it's, this is the, the, it's the most speculative speculation that you'll find because it really is a situation that no one has ever been in before so we'll we'll wait we'll see on all fronts um but i think that'll do us for that'll do us for tonight um thanks to thanks to my guests for joining me it's it's been good to be back so um uh thanks for popping on jay yeah no problem i say it's been i probably not spoke to you fellas for about three or four months probably since pre-lockdown so it's been nice to talk again and you know talk about something other than all right, we spoke a bit of the virus and the pandemic and stuff, but, you know, just talk a little bit of football. It's been nice. Yeah, it has indeed. Stark relief. And Beryl, same to you, sir. Thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I totally echo what uh, what Jay said there. Happy to talk about football, though. Yeah, it makes it change. And Chief, same to you. Thanks for coming. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Dave. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, it's actually coming back. We've, we've got a date, so um, we, we might uh, wrap up the Premier League soon yeah. enough. So on that note, up the finally, eventually and inevitably Premier League champion race.